Bible nerds, welcome back to the Bible in Context. My name is Evie Kirkendall. I'm one of the lay teachers here at the First United Methodist Church of Fort Worth. I teach the Wesley Bible study class on Sunday mornings. Um, I'm also a student at Bright Divinity and a candidate for ordained ministry within the United Methodist denomination. So it's my pleasure to be here with you in this last installment of the first season of the Bible in Context. Wow, I can't believe that it's already over. I'm sure that you are surprised that it's, it's already the end of the season. So we're glad that you've been with us this entire season. We're going to be wrapping up the, the book of Exodus today. Now remember, this is not a line-by-line -line Bible study. This is a kind of a, a survey from 30,000 feet using the their town, our town method of understanding Scripture, where we first take a look at contextually what was going on in the society where the Scriptures were written. Who wrote it? Why did they write it? How would the original audience have understood it? When was it written? What was going on historically during that time? Um, why was it written? Then we're going to take a look at the things that separate us from that context. We're going to take a, thing, uh, a look at things like time, languages, uh, cultural context, um, covenant relationship, which is very important when we're talking about the first five books of the Bible, the Torah or the Pentateuch. Um, and then we're going to build a bridge over that stuff so that we can better understand what those books that were written then have to say to us today in 21st century America. I think it's always a great idea to first consider what was written, uh, what was it was written about then, so that you can better understand it today, rather than just starting with what does this scripture mean for me today. So we're in the in the last stretch of the book of Exodus today. We're going to be talking about um, the Sinai or the Mosaic Covenant. We're going to be talking about the Golden Calf, that fun little story uh, of Exodus, and then we're going to be wrapping up the series with. Um, the names of God and kind of the symbolism between uh, how many times we, we encounter God. So let's start off with the Mosaic or the Sinai Covenant. This is going to be in uh, Exodus chapter 24. Moses is going to go up on the mountain of Sinai. He's going to be invited by God. Um, it is going to be a great and momentous uh, occasion where God is going to deliver Moses all of the information that he needs to help the Israelites become a people. Remember what I said in our last episode, that whenever um, the people were brought out of, out of Egypt, um, they were enslaved. And then in order to enslave a people, you have to dehumanize them. Um, you have to take away things like a legal system, you have to take away language, you have to take away familial ties, you have to take away songs and stories of culture that define a people. You have to strip all that away so that people can be seen as a tool or a piece of property. Moses is going back up here and God is giving this on top of the mountain so that Moses can help this people become a, a fully formed society again. Remember, they haven't had a legal system. They haven't had a culture. They really haven't had a faith, um, at least in any thoroughgoing way. They were subjugated by the people of Egypt and forced to worship or not worship their gods. It was very, very difficult to have an independent faith when you are enslaved. So this is what God is setting up, this opportunity for them to go out into the wilderness after this and to become a great people that have a self um, identity. And that's what we're going to be working towards. Um, and then um, one of the interesting parts of this is the, uh, the people of Israel say that this is going to be what we, what we acclaim. We are going to say this is 
our legal system. We agree with this covenant. We are going to do it. And in fact, in chapter 24, um, at the end of verse 3, um, this is what the people of Israel say. All the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So we have this moment where, where the, the laws are being uh, assented to. We are saying we're going to follow these rules. And so this is what's going to cause so much tension as the Bible moves forward, where people begin falling away to ap apostasy. They're going to start worshiping basically every shiny thing that shows up in front of them. And it's going to cause a lot of problems at, for the Israelite people as we move forward. So, and then that's going to lead us directly to chapter 32, um, and this is going to be verses 1 through 4. We're going to see that this is the story of the golden calf. So, we have Moses go up on the hill. It says that um, Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. So, that 40-day 40, 40 motif that we see often show up in the Bible, here it is again. Then we're going to fast forward because during this period of time from about chapter 4 to about chapter, oh, um, let's say 32-ish, that's going to be all of the things that Moses gets told up on the mountain and where it's going to be written down, um, it's going to be legalized, it's going to be codified. I'm going to thumb quickly over to the, the next little bit. This is chapter 32. And then we get to this moment where we see what's going on in base camp while Moses is up for those 40, 40 days and 40 nights. This is chapter 32, and we're going to open up with verse, one and, um, with verse 1. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, this man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So keep in mind, Moses is going to be up on the mountain and has only been up there for a short period of time, certainly not even 40 days and 40 nights. And yet the people of Israel are already clamoring for Aaron to make them another god, to find something that, will, will, um, that they can sit down and worship and that might protect them. So... Um, they all get together, they get their stuff, they, they take off their earrings, they take off their rings, anything made out of gold, and then they smelt it down, and Aaron and the, the, the metal workers, they turn it into a giant calf, um, a giant golden calf. Now this has a lot of contextual elements to it that are, that are needing to be brought out so that you can better understand what's really going on here. So the first thing is that the, they're, they're, in the ancient uh, Israelite context, one of the gods that was very, very relevant and, and often worshipped in that ancient Near East context was the god El. El was symbolized by an ox. So the fact that the people chose a calf to represent this new god that they were going to be worshipping, that is very similar to a god that already existed, the god El, is worth noting. Um, it is likely an homage to that god that they were probably trying to to create something small um, like a calf as a small bull or a small ox and that um, has overtones for what's really going on here. That this isn't a new god that they are fabricating. That this is 
a God that they are aware of that they are fabricating for worship. Now, here's the interesting thing about this calf being made out of gold. So this story isn't just about the Israelites falling into apostasy. This isn't just about the, the Israelites falling back into perhaps an old mode of worship, worshiping another god before they were aware of their Israelite god. Um, you have to remember that this group of people were taken out of Egypt, out of slavery, and before they did, Moses and God and the angel of, of the Lord told them to collect as much stuff as they could, as much wealth as they could, and to take it with them because you're not coming back. Once you go out, you are not coming back. So all the wealth you can take with you, that's what you need to take. And there's a little bit of a, uh, an, a side where the, some of the, the, the women of Israel take um, you know, the, the gold and the silver and the, the important valuables of, of the land. So we get to Sinai. And suddenly, all the people are taking off their earrings, their rings, all of the stuff that they've accumulated. And so it's important to note that not only are the people setting up this new God to be worshipped, but they are using the only things that they have of wealth. So in a very literal sense that I think has some very powerful overtones to the challenges that we faced as people of faith to this day. The people of Israel were literally worshiping their money because that is the only wealth that they had. So whenever we think about and we, uh, and we consider theologically the, the things that separate us from them, we often like to think because we've got smartphones and computers and apps on which we can connect with one another and learn about the Bible, that we are so far removed from that world. However, we see these people 2,000, 3,000 years ago having the same problems with putting money before God that we have today. So as much as we like to think we're removed from that, this has some very powerful overtones for us today in 21st century America right now. So that's why the golden calf is such a powerful story and remains um, a story of idolatry and how humanity can easily fall into worshiping other gods and putting unimportant things in God's place, especially like wealth. So the last thing that we're going to be talking about today and the last thing that we're going to be talking about this season, I can't believe I keep saying that. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Exodus 33, verses 21 through 23. Um, this is an interesting, um, an interesting place where the number three keeps showing up. So one of, the, one of the things that you're going to notice as you continue reading through the Bible is that there are some numbers that show up a lot and that seem to have some pretty important significance. So we've already talked about the 40 days and 40 nights, and then we know that the, the Israelites are going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. So 40 seems to be a pretty important number. We've got seven. Seven is an important number that's going to keep showing up. It's going to be a symbol that represents completion and um, the, the perfection aspect of creation that we read about in the book of the first part of Genesis. Um, but the number three is going to show up quite a lot in the Hebrew Bible as well. So in chapter, um, um, in chapter 33, verses 21 through 23, this is what it says. And the Lord said, 
Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So this is where Moses um, gets to take a glimpse of God. And this is the most intimate look that Moses will ever get of God. And so we see that, that um, this number three is present in this because this is the third time that Moses is getting to meet God, getting that revelation. And it's also very mirrored in the number of times that God explains God's name to Moses. Um, when at the burning bush, God presents God's self to Moses in three ways. Then we see Moses meeting God three times. Not necessarily face to face, but definitely a more intimate reaction. So the first time that um, Moses gets to meet God is obviously at the burning bush. That's when God commissions Moses to come on and come on board. with, uh, And I'll get Aaron to come on board as well because you seem a little un, un cool with this right now. So you two will be my guys, but Moses, you're the one that I need. The second time is at Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai. That's the second time that God, that God and Moses get to have this very close relationship. So at the burning bush, we have this very distant relationship where it's literally God talking through a bush, kind of almost like a telephone call. Then we get to have um, Moses go up to the mountain, Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, and he gets to be part of the mist kind of close by. So you might think of that as like a Zoom call for God and Moses to be talking. And then in this last visit, the rock by which God passes, we see that, that God gets so close to Moses that Moses can actually see the back of God's head, but doesn't get to see the face of God. And that's one of the things that's always um, sacred in the, in the Hebrew people. We never get to see um, God's face or really get to see a true visage of God. And so that represents that, that three times three, three times God names God's self in the, the early part of the relationship with Moses. And then we get to see Moses increasingly three times getting to get closer to God. This might uh, remind you of another three that we as Christians are uh, um, connected, and that is the Trinity, the idea of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, or the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Sustainer. Um, the number three is going to keep popping up periodically. So whenever you see numbers, think of how often you're seeing those numbers and, and what they might mean and how they might relate to you and to your faith. Um, that's a great opportunity for you to stop and think and do a little bit of self-research about uh, what that number means and uh, consult some, uh, some commentaries or your local pastor uh, and see what they have to say about it if there's anything interesting there. So that brings this episode and this season to a close of The Bible in Context. It's been a wonderful ride with you. I hope it's been edifying and that you've learned something from this time together. Um, we will be coming back together after this uh, with a season two and all, and fingers crossed. Um, if you like it, you know, comment, let people know that this has been something that's good for you. We'll definitely be producing more of it to come. My name is Evie Kirkendall. It's been wonderful being with you. Remember to stay in your Bible and God bless.